You are listening to ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. Tens of thousands of autologous stem cell transplants are performed each year to treat blood cancer. Is there a way to increase the long-term success rates? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing generic drugs for new uses. And with me is Dr. Luis Parada, Assistant Professor, Department of Medicine, Division of Hematology at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Dr. Parada and I are discussing his research entitled Randomized Phase Three Clinical Trial Comparing the Outcomes of Immunologic Autographed Engineering versus Standard Autograph Collection in Patients Undergoing Autologous Stem Cell Transplantation for Lymphoma. Dr. Parada, welcome to ReachMD. Dear Bruce, uh, thank you for the invitation to participate in ReachMD. That's a mouthful, that uh, research project title. So tell us about autologous stem cell transplantation and blood cancers. What's ASCT about and when do we begin using this therapy? Sure, Bruce. Um, Stem cell transplantation, the reason we are doing this procedure was back in the 1940s when we started using chemotherapy, we found since then until now that chemotherapy in many cancers was unable to cure the cancer. And the reason for that is cancers are very smart and they find a way to get around the chemotherapy that we have to treat them. So they develop cells that are resistant to the chemotherapy. And what's been happening since then until now is we're trying to find ways to overcome those cells that have become resistant. So one of the avenues, uh, one of the thinking was if the standard dose of chemotherapy is good enough, maybe given higher doses of chemotherapy might be able to overcome cancer cells that are resistant to standard chemo with the hope then to kill the cancer completely. So along came the concept of stem cell transplantation where we do is we give three to four times higher doses of chemotherapy where the main side effect of that higher dose of chemotherapy is that it can completely wipe out the bone marrow. And the bone marrow is where we produce white cells, platelets, and hemoglobin. Now, to overcome that main side effect of the high-dose chemotherapy and to rescue or help the bone marrow to produce white cells, platelets, and hemoglobin, what we do is we collect these cells called stem cells, or the other names I tell my patients are mother cells. These are the cells that give rise to platelets, white cells, and hemoglobin. We collect these stem cells, we freeze them, then we give the chemotherapy for the transplant, And then after the chemotherapy is given, those stem cells that we froze, we give those back to the patient. That is the transplant. And then those stem cells go back into the bone marrow and start producing white cells, platelets, and hemoglobin. So you called, with your patient, you called them mother cells. Mother cells. And I think my patients understand that comes up better than a stem cell. Yeah. Do you think we also run into the problem that embryonic stem cell research is such a hot topic these days that when you use that word in any other context, uh, people get confused about what it is? You're completely right. Many times when I talk to patients about stem cells, the first question they, they ask me, this is about embryonic or so, and I mention no. Uh, this is a different type of stem cells than embryonic stem cells. So why do we think uh, autologous stem cell transplants work for some patients and fail in others? Well, I will be honest. Right now, we still don't know to answer that question. And that's part of the research that I'm doing to try to identify why there are some patients that we see the autologous stem cell transplantation is beneficial versus other patients that we don't see what, why this is happening. Now, one of the things that is important for the listeners about stem cell transplantation is there are two different types of transplant, one called autologous stem cell transplantation, meaning using patients' own stem cells or mother cells for that transplant. 
And there's another one called allogeneic stem cell transplantation when we use a donor to donate the stem cells or the mother cells. What we have learned is that patients that undergo an allogeneic stem cell transplantation is not so much the chemotherapy that you give for that type of transplant, but what we have learned is that the donor immune system that is also given with the donor stem cells is able to target the underlying malignancy that is being treated under allogeneic stem cell transplantation and is the belief uh, or the dogma that in the allogeneic stem cell transplantation is the donor immune system that is able to target the malignancy and cure the malignancy more than in the autologous stem cell transplantation, where the belief is that the patient's own immune system is unable to target the malignancy and improve the survival in patients doing autologous stem cell transplantation. So during autologous, it's more how the chemo does, and during allogeneic, it's more how the donor's immune system does. That is the dogma. That is what the belief is right now. Uh, My research uh, hopefully will prove otherwise. Before we get to your research, let's just talk a little bit about the safety profile of autologous stem cell transplants. Is this a safe procedure, and what have we done to improve its safety in the, in the last 10 years? Sure. The autologous stem cell transplantation compared to the allogeneic stem cell transplantation is very safe. When I see my patients and they ask me, Dr. Prada, what are the chances of doing harm or the chances for me of dying because of the autologous stem cell transplantation or what you do to me, uh, I mentioned that the chances of a complication in autologous stem cell transplantation is less than 3%. And that includes complications such as infections, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, mouth sores, any type of organ damage, and the chances of death. Now, the reason why autologous transplantation is safer than allogeneic stem cell transplantation is that in the allogeneic stem cell transplantation, even though we match the patient with the donor, when we give to the patient the donor stem cells or mother cells, and they go into the patient, those cells start looking around, and the way I describe to my patient is when those cells are in the patient, they say, you know, this is not my skin, this is not my liver, this is not my bowel. So the donor stem cells can start attacking the patient. In the stem cell transplant setting, we call that graft versus host disease, or another term that I mentioned to my patient is the word rejection. Because of that problem of rejection, the chances of complication or the chances of death could be up to 40%. Where in the autologous stem cell transplantation, since we're using patients' own stem cells, when we give those back to the patient, they say to themselves, you know, this is my skin, this is my liver, and we don't have that problem. So when I talk to my patient, I mention that the chances of complications, including death in the autologous stem cell transplantation, is less than 3%. Besides, it's the same risk of complication as they get into standard chemotherapy. Describe your current study for us. What diseases is it tested on and how does it work? The study that we're doing, it was based on the fact that in the allogeneic stem cell transplantation, we feel that is the donor immune system is the one is targeting the malignancy. But the problem with that is that also the donor immune system can also target the patient. So our thinking was, could it be a possibility in the autologous stem cell transplantation using patients' own immune system that we will be able to uh, enhance patients' own immune system to target the malignancy and improve the survival after this type of transplant, which is autologous stem cell transplantation? And what we found, Bruce, was that after an autologous stem cell transplantation, patients are able to recover their lymphocyte count, and the lymphocytes are the key cells in the immune system that are able also to target cancer. If they recover the lymphocyte count, a certain time, two weeks after transplant, more than 500 cells, we found that the survival was, uh, for example, lymphoma was around 80% versus those that 
have a less recoverable lymphocyte count was around 20%. That finding that we did suggests that in the autologous setting, patients on immune system might able to have an impact on the treatment of the patient's underlying malignancy. So let me just repeat that. So you're saying that if the total lymphocytes were at a certain level at day 14 or 15 after the transplant, you could have an 80% success rate, but if it was below a certain level, you would have a 20% success rate? That's correct, and we published that in patients with lymphoma. We subsequently were able to show the same phenomenon, Bruce, in patients with multiple myeloma, acute myelogenous leukemia, in um, patients with also um, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Other groups have confirmed our findings. They have shown also this in patients with ovarian cancer that have undergone autologous stem cell transplantation. We also published the same phenomenon in patients with metastatic breast cancer, uh, and a group from the University of Colorado confirmed our findings. They published a paper with almost 250 patients with metastatic breast cancer showing that after transplant, if the lymphocyte count is higher around day 15, have a better survival. And what has transpired, Bruce, is that not only we have shown this in the adult setting, but also we've seen the same phenomena in the pediatrics setting in kids. So we're very excited because as we continue to learn about this concept about lymphocyte recovery in the autologous setting, not only we might be able to help adult patients with all these different diseases, but we might be able to translate this idea also into pediatric patients too. So there's a, an interesting machine story behind this discovery. Tell us about uh, how you sort of tease this out of the data. Sure. One of the problems that we were facing is was the question is, what can we do to enhance or increase the probability that the lymphocyte recovery at day 15 is higher for most of the patients? And what we identify in the autologous setting is that the machines that we use to collect the stem cells or the mother cells, they also collect lymphocytes. And it turned out to be that those lymphocytes that we collect with the stem cells correlate with the lymphocyte recovery around day 15. And at Mayo, we use three machines, one called the Amicus, the Fengwall, and the Spectra. And by serendipity, we found that patients that were collected with the Spectra machine collected more lymphocytes with the stem cells. Their lymphocyte recovery at day 15 was higher, and their survival was better than the other patients that were collected in the other machines. Now, the survival was not because of the machine, was because the Spectra, by serendipity collector more lymphocytes. So what we're doing right now is that of those three machines, the Amicus is going to be the one that we're going to be using. And we have now have ways to manipulate the Amicus machine to collect more lymphocytes with the hope that by doing that, the lymphocyte recovery after transplant is better and that would improve survival. The beauty about this is that the only thing that we're doing is changing the dial of the machine to collect more lymphocytes. And by doing that, we don't increase any risk of any other complications to the patients as they go through autologous stem cell transplantation. Sure, because those cells were just ones that were going to get killed by the chemo if you left them behind. Yeah, that's completely correct. So the study that we're doing, the phase three study, is to have patients be what we call randomized. By chance, they will go to a machine that will collect the stem cells that we normally do versus a machine that we modify the collection of stem cells to see that modification also enhance the collection of lymphocytes to see what happened after the transplant. With the point is, is the modified machine collect more lymphocytes, affect lymphocyte recovery, and that affects survival. If that is the case, and this study proved to be positive, this will be what we call change of clinical practice. And I do believe that 
this is a positive study, any patient that will go to autologous stem cell transplantation, this will be a new standard of care for them. We're fighting cancer on many fronts, especially in our hallowed research institutions. Subtle changes in the ways we deliver autologous stem cell transplants may lead us to better treatments and cures, especially for blood cancers. I want to thank Dr. Luis Parada of the Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota, for sharing his fascinating research study with us. I am attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing generic drugs and other therapies for new uses. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.